The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to a came from the radio facility back at Wakanda. This is your host, Mark Torres speaking with me via virtual distancing. It's none other than uh, L Man Jenny Felby. Good evening and have a good life, everyone. That's like you're signing off. <laughs> well, I'm just wishing everyone in the beginning to have a good life. So you start off on a good foot, you know? Okay. And we have our senior <laughs> correspondent, Charlie Saldion. Debt to all war pigs. <laughs> All right, so wow. on this week's show, we have another Jay Bird and Lee segment. Our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, has his WinterCon wrap-up, and I interview <laughs> MCon's event organizer and Night and Day Anime Studios founder slash artist, Kelly Gordon, which uh, the MCon is coming up this week for people who are listening Yay! on, on uh, currently. If you're listening to it in the future, it already passed, and it was a great time. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we already have a show of, celebrating 26 years of complexness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention will be the Big Apple Trading Card Show, which is scheduled for May uh, seventh. I want to give a shout out to our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, Yasmin Array, and Rosa. If you want to get your own little shout out, go to our website, www.icamefrenner.com. And just for a dollar a month, you can uh, sign up to be a Patreon, and we would greatly appreciate it. All right, so let's see. As we always do, we start off with the sad news. Let's see. Actor Akira Tara. Ta- Takarada. All right, we're gonna try it again. Akira. Oh my Takarada. god. T a k a r a d a. Takarada. Akira Takarada. That's what I'm going with. Akira Takarada. Uh, <laughs> sounds great to me. Sounds like a great dish at a Japanese restaurant. Um, Mr. Takara Takarada has died recently from pneumonia uh, while starring in such films <clears throat> as. And then the Liberty Bell rang. I'm hearing crunching. <laughs> Fried in a bathing suit, half human, um, a rainbow plays in my heart, the three musketeers, the, no, the three treasures, the last war, fancy paradise, uh, tales of a golden geisha, tales of the unusual, dance with me and life in bloom, just to name a few. Akira is perhaps best known for his multiple roles in the Toei Godzilla franchise, starting with the original Godzilla in 1964, followed by Mothra vs. Godzilla. Invasion of the Astral Monster, Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, King Kong Escapes, Godzilla vs. Mothra, yes, that's a different film, and ending with Godzilla Final Wars in 2004. Uh, he was a uh, spry 87 years old. Senior correspondent, wow. Charles Saladino. Yeah, you were back then when uh, Godzilla came out, watched that stuff? 
Yes, I was watching the big lizard destroy the toy Tokyo. Yes. He it was, was a like Toho, Toho Productions. Yes, he played yeah. the uh, the lead in, in that movie. I think it was uh, Yeah, I mean, I I'm sure I know him. He played every one of those <laughs> Yeah, one of he, those movies and uh yeah, it, it's uh it's it, it was, you know, for that for that stuff, he was great. He was great. And uh, I don't know if he was in the original Godzilla. I just said he was in the original Godzilla in 1964. Well, thanks. I knew I heard that somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, it's always wise to not trust everything you hear. So, Charlie, good job not That's believing right. the media. That's what Mark I do, is Jen. The media, and it's <laughs> yeah. really wise to, to doubt yes. everything. So, good job, Charlie. Oh, Thank you, gosh. Jen. She's the You're best. Mm-hmm. She is the best. I don't care what you say about her mom. <laughs> so, she is the best. So listen to me. I'm not yes. done. You're not done. Yes. <laughs> so, Talk about um, the movie that he was in. I don't remember him being. So anyway, the in. original, <laughs> the original Godzilla was very extraordinary movie. Since um, in Japan, it was without Raymond Burr. Yes, that is and correct. When, and then when they Americanized it, they put Raymond Burr in a couple of scenes and uh, <laughs> and it was just wild and crazy stuff. But yeah. I prefer the original one and I'm sad to see him go. Yes. Um, so uh, moving on for the second bit of sad news. I just want to uh, know why Godzilla was so angry. We'll get back to that, maybe. Well, uh, since you since you brought it up, I guess I can take a minute out. Um, so basically, uh, at the time, it was a uh, comment, a, a comment, a commentary on the nuclear war, the bombs that were dropped, the oh. atomic bombs that were dropped. Yeah. Um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, they felt mm. that it was like a a message of 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 a it, it unstoppable actually... force and a radiation from the creature, and they decided to right. make it into. That is more of a horror movie than actually of a of a monster, giant monster running around. Then it and, became involved. Right. And you got other um other uh, views that Godzilla represented America destroying Tokyo as they did oh. with the, the bomb. So yes, right. Godzilla represented America in that original movie. Right. Destroying wow. Tokyo. Right. Proud yeah. to be an American. So hey. moving on to the uh, next bit of sad news, actor Peter Bowles, B-O-W-L-E-S, also died recently from cancer. Peter was one of those that guy actors appearing in such movies slash TV shows slash made for TV movies as Three Hats for Lisa, Dead Man's Chest, The Charge of the Light Brigade, Eyewitness, A Day in the Death of Joe Egg, Endless Night, For the Love of Benji, Try this one on for size. Passport to murder. White little white lies. Color me Kubrick. The bank job. We are tourists. Mongolia Street. The gold robbers. Brett. Murder must advertise. Napoleon and love. A good girl. The Crez. C R E Z Z. I Claudius. Only when I laugh. Vice versa. Executive stress. Perfect scoundrels and murder. Just name a few. Um, if you look up at his uh, IMDb credits, he was in tons and tons of one episodes of uh, television series throughout the years. So, like, if you look him up and you see his picture, it's like, oh, it's that guy. Like, he's just one of those people that you see all the time. Yeah. And you didn't know who he was. That was that person. Hmm. So he was a, a spry 85 years old. Wow. 
Well, passport to murder. If I had, if I needed a passport to murder, I couldn't murder anyone because my passport is not current. Terrible. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so last bit of news. Uh, Finally, final final bit of sad news. Actor and professional wrestler Howard Pepper Martin also died recently and also from cancer while appearing in a handful of films such as Angels from Hell, If He Hollers, Let Him Go, The Wrecking Crew, The Original Walking Tall, The Original Longest Yard, Murph the Smurf, Murder on Flight 502, The Original Scream, Return to Horror High, and Evil Alter, just to name a few, he may best be known for his small role as the truck driver, whose name was Rocky, this I did not remember, um, who beats up Clark Kent after, spoilers, he gives up his power for Lois Lane in Superman Part 2. Of course, in what has been pointed out to me as the most un-Superman-like thing to do, once he, spoilers once again, regains his powers, he goes back to kick that guy's butt. Cena oh, I know him. There he? you go. There you go. I know him. <laughs> I know him. He's, he was the most, yeah, I didn't know who <laughs> you were talking about until you said he goes back to kick that guy's butt. <laughs> yep. Oh my God! And and he's in everything. <laughs> yeah, that guy. He's one of those. That, that guy. guy. Yes, that guy. Yeah. Oh, did you ever see uh, Superman, the original Superman two? Uh, there, Jen. No. <laughs> I I feel like I've never seen anything. I just just anyone listening just realized I'm an alien from another planet, and uh, I have not seen many things that are popular on Earth. Um. Yeah. It's seen a correspondent, Charles Howard. You know that that's like a, a famous part of that movie. It's like a classic scene, and as I mentioned, that is a very that's something that Superman doesn't do is go out and get revenge. And yet, yeah, in the in yeah, the context was, of the movie, everybody loved it, and it you know it was a great yeah um, feel good well, moment. But it wasn't the guy it have the actor played played a bully. But, that's what he played. I think we're gonna know? have to get that uh, deleted. Why? <laughs> Why? Hold on. Wait, an ass is an animal, and you know right. the other thing you may have to take out. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Well done. A butt crevice. Butt crevice. <laughs> yeah. Well, what the hell? Oh, That's right. perfectly. I was going for the perfect description, <laughs> and there you have it. Yes. So anyway, he played a bad guy. <laughs> yes. He played a bad guy, and he was bad and mean. He was a real troublemaker. <laughs> He was a big guy, but a oh. fancy dresser. Right. No, hurt my feelings. Oh, man, all right. So that's it for sad news. We're just gonna just gonna move on because. Uh, all right. He's a big bully. <laughs> from from the. That's a lot of nuts. Department. The first. The, the squirrel. No, uh, never mind. Go. The <laughs> first ever. Marvel comic book known as the Marvel Comics number one, originally published in 1939, has sold at auction for $2,427,800. One of the selling points of this book was that it's referred to as a quote-unquote pay copy, which means that it contained the publisher's original handwritten notes recording how much the multiple writers and artists on the books were paid. A collector says... It is arguably one of the top three comic books in the world of comic collecting. Uh, 
It's an incredibly important look into the world and behind the scenes of the creation. Without this comic book being made, who knows? Maybe none of that happens. Maybe the name Marvel Comics resonated so much with people in some way that that happened to birth all of these other things. Um, it's, it means it's really a one of a kind with, because it has a handwritten note in it. But still, this book is sealed and you can't even see the handwritten notes because it's sealed and you can't even enjoy it unless you open it up and then you have to get it regraded. Moving on, also from the... That's a lot of nuts! Department. The new Batman film has held on to the number one spot for a third week in a row, pulling in an additional... $36.7 million in the domestic box office, beating out the new anime Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie, which is about a high schooler who gains control of an extremely powerful cursed spirit and gets enrolled in a Tokyo prefectural Jujutsu high school by Jujutsu sorcerers who help him control his power and keep an eye on him. Uh, that movie made $14.8 million in its first week of release. For those of you keeping track, the aforementioned Batman film is still the highest grossing film of this year, 2022, with $302.8 million, followed by the second third Spider-Man film with $224 million. Keep in mind that Spider-Man is last year's highest grossing film. So right now it's still at number two, uh, three months in. I think it's going to stay in the top 10, uh, the way things are going. Hmm. Wow. Well, I, I haven't I seen it, so maybe if I see it, it'll go in the top one. <laughs> so you haven't seen the Batman or Spider-Man? Not yet. yet. Have you? Do, do you intend to see I, Spider-Man? I yet? I, yeah. Okay. I do not know how it made that much money. Oh my god! Oh, it was just horrendous. <laughs> horrendous. This one? Is this this you the one that saw either of the two movies that I saw? Wait a second, you? you're talking about I, the Batman that's out now? Is horrendous? The Batman. The Batman was horrendous. I don't know why people I heard it was absolutely money. incredible and I have to see it. Really? I, I don't know. I didn't see it. <laughs> Wait, I just was talking? trying to I was just trying to be controversial. Oh okay. Well, I have okay. seen uh the Spider-Man film and it was all right. I'm hearing I'm hearing most again, I'm hearing background noises. But, yeah, that's uh, not me. Okay. Um, uh, the Spider-Man was, was all right. It wasn't um, as good as everybody um, said it was. It... <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you having a conference call over there, Charlie? I, I, I think that's what's happening right now. This is, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, this is the benefit of doing it virtually. All right. So um, mm-hmm. the movie was, was, a, was, it was entertaining, but it, foundationally, the movie didn't have a good foundation so the rest of the movie kind of fell apart if you sit back and think about it for like two seconds but it's uh, if you just sit back and don't think about it all it was very enjoyable so it was entertaining but it wasn't great um yes so moving on well i tend not to think about continuity so it's fine yeah yeah certain people like that some people don't i'm just one of those sticklers for for that type of thing all right so moving on from the in the case of three-month-old Lanaya, Lanell, you are not department. After <laughs> 31 years, yes, 31 years, Mari Povich has announced his retirement from the Mari Povich, now just called Mari, show. Mari says, six years ago when I was ready to retire, my NBC Universal family asked me to continue this show. 
even though I told him I was ready for assisted living out of loyalty to NBC Universal and my more than 100 staff and crew members, um, Tracy Wilson and I agreed for one more deal. I am so proud of my relationship with NBC Universal and all those who worked on the Maury show, but I occasionally, but as I occasionally tell my guests, enough already. The executives say, now these are the real executives. <clears throat> Maury and I decided two years ago that this bittersweet season would be the farewell season for the show. And while his retirement is bittersweet, we are also so happy for him to be able to spend more time on the golf course. Maury is a television icon, a pop culture legend, and we couldn't be more proud to have him part of his incredible career. Maury Povich started off very intellectual, and then he, he got like a uh, a notch up from Jerry Springer with all the BS. Yeah, I thought they were like the same. They're like the same yeah. kind of. He, he started as a very good it, uh, it, it devolved. You know, and it evolved into a Jerry Springer. He, I, him, him too. You can watch his show and play the drinking game. Every fight, take a shot. Oh, oh, fight, fight, drink. You know, that's it. So, um, Kenny Feldy, are you familiar with Maury's uh, show and the whole you are the father, not the father deal? Yeah, I always, uh, I'm just glad I'm not the father every single day. Every morning I wake up and I'm like, I'm nobody's mother, I'm nobody's father, and it's a great day. And uh, I think of Maury every morning. Um, I, I, when I watched it originally, when it started, I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. But then as it devolved and then actually going back and watching clips of it, just for the, the news portion of the show, I was like, man, this, he really, uh, uh, hurt the, the, the public opinion of certain types of people. And it really created a more of a divide than, than help the, uh, the audience. Cause you're watching it. And you're laughing, and then you think for a second, uh, these are like real people, even though some of them are coached no. to say certain things. They are. What they are you great? They are all actors. That is a whole bunch of BS. Him and Jerry Springer. What are you kidding me? Some of, but they are real people, just coached to do certain things and act a certain way and act a fool, and then you make fun of them being right, the and fool, they're getting and they paid for it. Most of them right. are. And they get but, paid for it. But still, it makes me it makes me feel bad that that's that people have to do that you know, to be on the show. And then they exploit it. And it, it it's really like, hey, do well, you want to be a moron? We'll pay you for it. You know? Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Some of them they are legit the actors or comedians. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the situation is, I guess, loosely based in reality like they do have a kid or they're people no are... sometimes no because I, <laughs> I know some people and it's totally a lie all right fair enough yeah so you don't know, feel like, too bad me, some of it's lie let me tell you a story okay senior car uh, years ago years ago it was on a night like tonight um years ago there was this show on back in the day when television was young called divorce court Yes, it you mentioned this watched, before, yes. <laughs> it was watched by many people. That whole show, they took real divorce cases, but they had actors doing the show. It was not the real people. And everyone back in the day believed everything on TV. But that's where these shows now spring up from, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. Like, no pun intended, Jerry Springer. Huh. And, uh, you know, all that. So 
Yeah, everybody wants to be entertained. Everybody wants the fight to break out. Everybody wants the guy who broke up the marriage to be the ugliest looking dork in history. You know? So it's all what the public wants. Which, Jerry, Jerry. Well, that's what I'm saying. Now, it, it promotes the, Maury, Maury. It promotes yeah. the stereotype. It, it is a, a bad thing is what I'm saying. So I guess it's good in my case that the show after 31 years is it's off. But they'll still live on in syndication. Well, at least, at least, you know, it wasn't, you know, that amazes me. Every little crybaby who gets offended, they get their way. They get things that statues down. They get people, you know, but this who really insulted people, this goes on for 20 something years. It's amazing. So Mm -hmm. moving on. Good point. From the. Uh, what a class act follow-up department. As mentioned on a previous show, legendary singer and actress Dolly Parton asked to be removed from consideration to be entered in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, saying, quote, well, I don't feel exactly right be- about that because it's my perception. And I think the perception of most America, I feel that it's more of the people in rock music. I've been educated since then, and it's been more than that but I still didn't feel right about it. It kind of would be by putting ACDC in the Country Music Hall of Fame. That just felt a little out of place for me. To which the Rock Hall responded with, from its inception, the rock and roll has deep roots in rhythm and blues and country music. It is not defined by any one genre, rather a sound that moves youth culture. Dolly Parton's music impacted a generation of young fans and influenced countless of artists that followed. Her nomination to be considered for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has followed the same process as all other artists who have been considered, considered followed by Dolly's nomination, along with 16 others for the class of 2022, was already sent out earlier this month to for our 1,100 general ballot voters, the majority of which were artists themselves for induction at the ceremony. We're in awe of Dolly's brilliant talent and pioneering spirit and are proud to have nominated her for the induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In other words, the votes are already out. There's nothing you can do. Hmm. That's terrible. I think because she turned it down in such a Dolly Parton way, and because the the nominations are already out and people have the vote ballots, I think she's going to be in. Well, yeah, it's like it's it's just she's giving up the charity money makes her look good, so they want to give to her even more. It's it's such such bs i am so angry with the rock and roll hall of fame for putting people in there uh that they shouldn't be in there at all yet yet and people who aren't in there should be in there you mean like joan jett you know and I'm not going to mention names. Uh, I'm not going to mention names. Pat Benatar should have been in there. Oh, People should have been in there. Yeah, should have been in there. What a driving force for women all around the world in rock. Little How is Pat, Pat Benatar was. not? I guess uh, she didn't With get all the BS. <laughs> no, crazy. she was, believe me, I am voting for Pat every day. And, yeah, uh, one of the best I ever. Mean, yeah, and uh, you know it, it's it's just what they do, how they come up with this pure BS. It's it's like years ago, you got people in there who 
were the driving force of rock and roll. Now, you know, what kind of stats do you put up? The, the Moody Blues, the Moody Blues just got in there a couple of years ago. Very they've true. been you around. Been Moody. Since, they, yeah, they've been around since the British invasion. Well, that would give me the blues, you know, to work for 40 years and not get any type of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's about it's 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 yeah. as as I always said, at least from my personal experience, and I, I can speak for the show in and of itself as an entity. We have a dubious uh, relationship with award shows and nominations and hall of fames and stuff because it's all matter down to a person's opinion and preference, and it's always people who are in the industry giving themselves a pat on the back. So while it's cool, it's you know it's still certain people saying, "Oh, this belongs in here. This doesn't belong here." But every person has their own personal rock and roll hall of fame in their head. And it's just either agreeing with what everybody else says or disagreeing. You're right. And and this, but this in this case, Dolly Parton should never ever been <laughs> have been considered for this. And she knows it. And that's why I love her. Mm-hmm. She should win every country, every humanitarian. She's a great person. I mean, just alone for Dolly World. I mean, just she's just an amazing person, but she's not a rock and roller. And she says this to everybody. She did not want her taking votes away from anybody else who deserves it more. But you know? uh, just because of being that way, it's like, you know, what is it? You, you can't be cool. You can't try to be cool. You just are. So just by her saying, I'm not cool makes her more cool and i think she's gonna win yeah it makes <laughs> her beautiful and i and i love her and that shouldn't make her be inducted into the hall of fame final bit of news from the that's not how it works that's not how any of this works department <laughs> um for all those comic collectors out there who have had difficulty keeping track of what books you have and read either online or physical copies, there is a solution for you. As opposed to using good old-fashioned pen and paper, (laughs) Comic Track has made an app that, as advertised, keeps track of any and all books you have read and are buying. So there's now an app that tells you what you have in your comic collection and what, which ones you've read, which ones you didn't read in your comic collection, and which ones you are buying because they keep track of that stuff. Now, what do you think uh, the price would be for this app? They're, uh, let's, Absolutely let's... free. All right. Gene Carter's trying to charge Saladino thinks it's going to be free. What about you, L-Man and Jenny Sheldon? I imagine they probably charge, charge $5 a month. So you're, you're halfway right, both of you. Um, the, to get the app, it is free, but there is a uh, fee attached to it, which is $1.49 per month or $10 a year. Or if you just want to buy the whole thing as is and never pay a, a monthly or annual fee, it's for $35. Huh? That's well, not I guess bad. if you're really into organization, and sure, I guess. But in my head, I'm thinking... Why would you need what's wrong with just a piece of paper with a list? I yeah, I have, this, a, I have a I have a reading this. list. Exactly. And you can check off on the and, reading list of what you read. Yeah. And I can tell you, without even knowing this fact, I can tell you that a comic book fanatic will have their own 
all their comic books already categorized in order and knowing what they have. It's a, a real collector. I do not know of any collectors who collect special comic books and throw them in a pile. They're put in a certain place in a certain order. So oh, I know a few men that don't my, keep lists. So it's, maybe it's for people who don't know how to keep lists. But it's, it's, yeah. like, it's like a list of all the movies you've seen. <laughs> like, yeah, some just, people don't know how to keep lists. They really don't. I know a few. It is mind-boggling to me that somebody decided to make <laughs> a digital app <laughs> for this particular thing. Well, they have apps that tell you when to drink water. It's kind of like that. Do they know? really? Oh, yeah. Like to remind you to drink water? For sure. Like, I'm pretty sure they do. All right. So what? Being thirsty isn't enough anymore? No, apparently it's not. I remember, right. I remember <laughs> back in the old days when VHS just came out. And me and Herman Shemsonurgia would go crazy buying, uh, before they put copy guard on it, uh, buying the, um, not buying it, renting the movies and copying them. <laughs> so now, no, they, they didn't put the copy guards on them. So now- It was legal, we, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, we, because we didn't show them for a profit. We right. didn't go and open a movie theater and show these things. Okay. It was for on our personal thing. Okay. Um, and they made you know that <laughs> every beginning. They put the FBI logo on. I know. And, uh, yeah. I so thought anyway. that was going to come into my window every time I put a movie on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I drew the shades. I was like, I don't want the FBI knocking in here. <laughs> so anyway, so they came out with a little... This was the sign of the times. They came out with a little loose sleep book, a black one, and it was called Video Log. Mm. And you you just put it down with a pen and paper, what you had in this little book. And it was great. You know, a lot of room to add stuff. I don't know. It sounds too complicated. I think we need that. <laughs> 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 All right, so we are out of time. <laughs> Believe it or not, we're out of time. Oh, um, so, senior correspondent Charles Haldane, do you have any final thoughts for our new segment? Yes, I want peace in the world. I want debt to the war pigs and just love everybody and be nice to people. <laughs> L man Jenny Feldy, final thoughts? Uh, for in New York, it's a great time to grow spring spinach and kale and lettuce. And garlic you could have planted months ago, and string beans you can plant on April 12th. Okay, so with that, <laughs> we're gonna take our break and we'll be right back with the camp on the radio. Okay. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we wanna hear your voice. If you have a business or a product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at mfc underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. 
Um, yes, we're talking about Moneyball. <laughs> yes, as you were determining earlier <laughs> before we started. Yeah, I was determining which is better, like what Brad Pitt is better in Moneyball or Seven, because they're both just so good but so different of movies. But you just said that a while ago that Seven was your number one Brad Pitt movie. Yes, but Brad Pitt is so good in Moneyball too, and that also blew my mind. It is a pretty awesome movie. Yeah. What was it about? Do you remember? Can you synopsize this one? Um, <laughs> probably not, but uh, it was basically about uh, Brad Pitt's character changing the dynamic of baseball. So he originally was in this... Um, poorer type of team yeah low budget team yeah yeah and basically his way of being able to up like their ability to rise on the charts was by using numbers and statistics and their ability to get on base yeah so ultimately data has become like the main thing across i guess you'd say almost every industry now and mm-hmm. baseball is really no different, but it was kind of started back, I guess, when Billy Bean was doing this in the 90s, I guess it was, or early 2000s. Anyway, so, like, the character was like, you know what, I only get a budget of, say, $60 million a year, but the Yankees get one of, like, $120 million, right? Yeah per year and they have all these guys and they could have the best players and whatever and anytime that a small team tries to build a championship team their best guys are basically taken away from them because they could get more money somewhere else yeah so the idea was he spoke to this other guy the jonah hill character Mm -hmm. and um I forgot his name in the in the movie, but anyway, Jonah Hill's character is like, "Hey, you know, here's this mathematical thing. All you really need to do is get runs. You yeah. don't really, and, and you have to get on base. Yeah, and you have to get hits, and it doesn't matter um, how they look or what they're perceived as, or blah 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 blah. It just matters. Right. The combination of these statistics with these players will get you to the at least. The playoffs, or yeah, the playoffs, or hopefully the World Series, or it will get you higher in the rankings Mm -hmm. of the league, right? So, again, you liked Brad Pitt's character. Well, yeah. What would you like about him? Um, I mean, I liked his just like his whole dynamic and how he like acted towards the goal, I guess. And I love how at the end, spoiler alert, uh, he declines the offer of going with the Red Sox. Yeah, I think that was a great move, right? So at the end, like he does, he I think they break a world's record or tie a world's record mm-hmm. for the most wins in a season in a, in a row in a season, right? So I think they did like twenty something games they won in a row. Yeah, and it's crazy. They like tied the who did they tie? They tied I, someone. I think but it was like the Yankees or yeah, something like that. and it was just. It's crazy. Yeah, so, like, this theory in action, and you know, and he fought against a lot of people because mm-hmm. most people... Yeah, he even fought against his own team because they didn't think it was going to work, and well, his own, like, coach. Yeah, his coach, Art Howe, didn't, wasn't interested, played by uh, Seymour Hoff, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's uh, not, no longer with us. But, um, yeah, for the most part, it was pretty cool because it was, like, he's trying to do this thing, and he really was the first person or one of the first people to be successful with this theory. Yeah. Even though the theory was around before him. It was just... 
It's just he was the one who put it into real play. He was able to put it in real play, and then, like, he gets successful, and then the Red Sox want to take him. And he declines the offer, he declines. which I sort of find crazy, but I understand it. Yeah, you know, it's it happens to be a thing where some people just feel like it's not about the money, it's about the game. Mm-hmm. And it's about how to, you know, just their enjoyment of the game, and they're very good at what they do. Right? Yep. And they don't want to get sucked into the big machine, per se. I mean, it was definitely a good film, and I would recommend it if you like statistics and just... It was a fun baseball a, movie. Yeah. You know, it's a sports movie. Mm-hmm. You like it? Yeah, I liked it. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio. It is Sunday, March 13th, and this is the WinterCon 2022 Wrap-Up Report. Uh, It's my big take it east to the WinterCon for this year. Let me say this, first of all, a big thank you to Frank Platts and his uh, amazing staff. And a couple of shouts out uh, to Adina Velez, my convention daughter, who I love dearly, and uh, John Ross. And uh, a big thank you to him for getting those passes to us. And a big thank you to the amazing security staff and uh, who kept us all safe, uh, the guests and the uh, talent. Uh, another amazing job. Um, shout out to Manny Antonio, our friend, for that one. Uh, I have to say this. I enjoyed myself immensely. They have... Uh, they have plenty of room here. It was held at the Resorts World... Um, in uh, Queens, and uh, it was unbelievable. the 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 venue was enormous, uh, plenty of room. the The crowd flow was amazing. It was nice. Everything went according to, uh, you know, everything was in order. Um, Saturday was an amazing day. A lot more people. We're here on Saturday. I shared the coverage with my beautiful and multi-talented co-host, Elman. And um, also worked, this was a thrill, because we were also working in collaboration with the Kate Fox Show and the Bitten Apple. So uh, later on down the road on our Facebook page, you're going to see some video interviews also. you know, that we, we took. Normally we throw out the audio videos to you, but there was a um, artist alley was set up perfectly. Uh, a lot of talented people there. Uh, the venue, again, is big enough to house all this, all this talent, all the um, artist alley, and it's big enough to put right 
when you walk in a giant stage and ample seating for the crowd for when they do the panels and everything like that. And uh, the panels were unbelievable. They had Alan uh, Howard, who is, uh, collaborates with John Carpenter on all the music for all Carpenter's stuff. He did a, a an amazing concert uh, with um, electronics and uh, keyboards and guitars. And while he was playing his music, his soundtrack music, they had uh, the uh, Carpenter movies on a big screen. So they took scenes out from them and he was putting music to them, which was quite amazing. The um, Aliens, um, Aliens Marines panel was, was also amazing. They had a Winter's End fashion show that was great. Of course, the cosplay contest, um, a lot of great cosplayers were featured, uh, professional cosplayers were featured, um, here at the con, Bobby Chula, Miss Chang, uh, you know, the list goes on. But anyway, um... It's like I said, it it was a pleasurable experience for me. Uh, number one, the WinterCon is back, and everybody I think knew that because everybody was enjoying themselves. There was um, just it was a peaceful, happy time. So uh, anyway, um, I am looking forward to next year. Another, another thank you out to Frank Platz, who did an, him and his staff did another incredible job. So um, I'm looking to get home and just relax and get these pictures to everybody and uh, just uh, had to say an enjoyable time. So for WinterCon... 2022, my big take it ace. See you next year. Looking forward to it. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio. Back to you, Mark. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step -step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to the Came From the Radio, the official Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have our special guest we're talking to, with, and about, because it's awesome, because he's here. It makes my life easier. We have um, MCON's event organizer and Night and Day Anime Studios founder, artist Kelly Gordon. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this blessed evening and afternoon or morning or whatever time you're listening to this. Thank you for joining us. So um, I, I've known you for, for many, 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 many years, and we've talked about the MCON. Um, this year, MCON's coming up again, MCON 2022. So now that we're on the, I guess, the other side of the pandemic curve, maybe, what's the difference between this MCON and the previous ones? Uh, well, this is what I'm calling is the MCON reboot, because the last two years, uh, we've been doing it virtually, which you, you've been a part of and you know of, uh, Mark. And um, what's going to be different is that 
it's not going to be different. It's just going to be a reboot of the same. We're in, and we're still offering the best offer of uh, of uh, uh, game turn tournaments, um, voice actors, uh, artist alley, anime concerts, um, anime and uh, manga discussions. Um, you know, get to network with people who is um, with the same interests. And it's going to be done right here at the East Middle Public Library once again, which hasn't been done in the last three years, um, which is we've been going through a renovation. Uh, we had it done at the Samania New York Mall, and I believe that back in uh, 2019. So we're going to be right back here at the East Middle Library. It's going to be like great memories bringing back, flashing forward. All right. So what makes the MCON, I mean, I know what makes the MCON different. What maybe our listeners do not know what makes the MCON different than I'd say, um, I would consider this a large, small con. What makes a difference? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we're pretty much considered the, the smallest, largest growing convention on Long Island, and it's been done, it's been established since 2011, and um, it started very small and uh, and our at our highest peak. Uh, uh, within within our um, annuals, we we've gotten like over 4,800 people to come throughout for the whole entire weekend of uh, celebration of this, and uh, it's all done at the East Middle Public Library, like I mentioned before. Uh, I guess also mention is that you know we get you the same kind of environment of uh, family friendly, and uh, also the the great programming that most conventions get you, like meeting artists. Um, talking to voice actors, uh, having great panels, having great discussions, cosplay, and the best part about it all, and you told me this too as well, Mark, it is free. <laughs> yes, that's that's usually a, a, a sticking point for a lot of families. Like if you go to any type of entertainment um, venue, you have to pay a lot of money, especially if you have kids, to go in just to get in the doors. This being free... I think it's, it's an important thing to stress to people that is a completely 100% free thing. You don't even need to be a member of, you don't even need to have a library card. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And the good thing about this is like, since we are uh, uh, a centric uh, part of the community, you know, basically, you know, you know, thriving with information and also, you know, being involved with the community, this is something that we also offer to our target audience, which is mainly is like um, family, children, teens, and all ages who actually enjoy the pop culture uh, community of, uh, say, to anime, to comic books, to art, to costume making, you know, and we offer that all here at the library, giving you the chance to come in and meet professionals and if you have any interest into uh, dibba-dabbling in that kind of industry, this is the best place to go to, to uh, go into those uh, fields to find out if this is really truly what you want to get into and uh, or perfect your technique in a way if you're already in it. And since you've been doing this for quite some time, have you ever had the experience of having someone come in as a visitor to the MCOM for the first couple of years to now be more engaged as in either... Um, uh, being artist alley or being on a panel have you ever seen any of that transition from uh, one to the other well let me see wow you know i've been doing this for a very long time Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so i, I mean uh, um but i'll say this when i first started this this has actually been birthed from um 
having an anime club. I used to run an anime club at the library uh, many years ago and, you know, stopped back in, I believe, probably uh, when the library shut down for the renovations um, back in uh, 2017, 2018, around that time or whatnot. And uh, a lot of the anime kids who I grew up seeing from, from teens to young adults, um, I, I watched them prosper. And till this day, since we have reopened, I still run into a few of them and or I see them on uh, social media and whatnot. And I see them prosper very well when it comes down to it and seeing their skills uplift to a whole other level, which really impresses me. And I'm glad that I gave them the opportunity to be involved in the anime um, MCON. Now I had them volunteer and uh, help with the setup even help judge the artist alley, you know, get them really involved into this so I can make sure I can offer the best quality of uh, service to our community when it comes to like doing a convention like this, especially at this magnitude of doing like a, a two day event, which is insane. Um, but uh, to watch them go and, and, and uh, you know, reach new heights or whatnot, you know, I'm very proud of what I've been seeing and noticing. Um, getting involved into the uh, MCON um, they had to spread their wings and obviously go to college and do their own thing, whatnot. But um, I, I'm very um, blessed and, and um, happy to have people that, you know, I can't depend on doing. I apologize for that. I don't know if you hear that. Um, doing the panels with me and for many years and still offering the same quality of service that I have got been getting and even better throughout the years um, working with us at the East Villa Public Library. Um, you know, um, special shout out to Rizuki Cosplay, who's been excellent in doing her cosplay workshops, really in, talking in depth about the cosplay community and what's involvement into it. Uh, another um, shout out to is uh, P. Sangatra, who I, be, I met at another library convention, believe it or not, in New Jersey. And, um, you know, and peace brings the, the greatness of being a, the best MC and host to make the uh, anyone who comes to our convention very comfortable environment where they can, you know, they have information, he'll tell them where to go and, you know, hosting our cosplay contest with me and Brimstone, Gatula, who's always been a great uh, performer that we bring in, who will be also be doing our pre-party on April 1st. That'll be our April 1st Fool's Day uh, pre-party before the celebration of the weekend. She's going to be performing an anime concert at 7 p.m. Well, the party starts at 7, she'll be doing it at 8 p.m. And um, also so many other guests that we had here before I could go on and on. I mean, it's just it's just insane uh, how um, the magnitude of this has been going. Now, throughout the years, um, our show has talked to many, many uh, event organizers from all the way from the New York Comic Con all the way down from the smallest of small conventions. What are the logistics in running a convention, especially in a library that's still operational at the time? <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's what I have to give an, another good shout out is to is to my um, my staff and my employers here at the library. Um, Jude Chanzer, who's our program director, and uh, and Charlie and uh, Faso and Linda uh, Soto in, in the public relations office. Uh, we've always um, been a strong, tight ship. You know, gears turning. You know, one uh, having a left arm and a right arm, and everything working like Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's just been, you know, it's just been great. You know, I mean, once we had to, uh, once we start polishing it up a little bit and from the first few years, um, we've just been following the same formula, if not trying to improve. 
uh, keeping in contact with great performers and also networking with other performers when I go to other events. Um, like uh, for instance, there was like the Cherry Blossom Festival many years ago in Brooklyn, who I, I met um, Yoshi Omayo. He's a, a, a famous actor and um, host from Japan. And he does a lot of samurai uh, programs and whatnot. He was doing one at the Cherry Blossom Festival years ago. And I ran, I met him and I talked to him and whatnot. And I asked him if he could do any type of things for us for the library. And he's going to be back this year. He'd been doing it for other years previous, but he'll be back this year to perform her is uh, his Samurai Sword Soul Bootcamp program, which is a it's great interactive, much fun. You can see the he does a nice little sword demonstration at first, and then he gets the people involved into his summer boot camp. So I think it's gonna be a fun indeed program. Um, just again, just keeping a tight ship and just networking with the right type of people that you can make sure that it's going to give the best quality of service at the library here. And then of course the staff here at the library, you know, even though <laughs> people may just want to like just come in and uh, just check in books, and you know, our staff have to deal with uh, the chaos and I'm not gonna say too much chaotic, but when you're dealing with a, a, a like a full stream of, of teenagers to young adults and whoever is involved, you know, dressing up as their favorite um, anime character or video game character, it may be a little bit different from the norm at the library than usual. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm glad that they're very patient with us and be, and be able to handle the, um, the the things as trafficking going throughout the library, um, which is going to be a big, um, big, um, big impact this year. We'll see. You know, um, things may change uh, from the pandemic. Some people may want to stay home, which we're um, now just decided uh, earlier to today we're going to do the convention um, hybrid, which we're going to be streaming most of the uh, panels and programs on our YouTube channel. And uh, so for those who cannot make it or to or live too far away or just want to stay home, they can still be able to enjoy the same quality program that we offer. But people who come in, you're going to be a lot more in store for you. We're going to go meet our artist alley and vendors and uh, there'll be a lot of great giveaways and freebies and uh, you just be able to enjoy the festivities. All right. So I have to ask, since you mentioned the pandemic and we're still in the pandemic, um, do you have any type of protocols, mask mandates, uh, vaccine card, any of that stuff happening? Uh, well, uh, you know, um, we're, we're in the pandemic, but not really. I mean, things are starting to light up a little bit more. Uh, good question, Mark. You know, things are starting to light up and open up a little bit more where uh, the governor finally said that we can um, be able to have uh, mask or no mask as optional. Uh, but well, we will probably have a good meeting talking about that, but I think it's going to be optional for the mass for now, but we're going to try to uh, follow the protocol of having so, uh, social distancing. Um, that may change. I mean, if, you know, considered how many people we normally get at the library here, which is usually sometimes jam-packed, that may change. But of course, you know, call up the library for further information or, uh, you know, or go look at our Facebook page at MCON. E-M-C-O-N and, uh, you know, which you might change and we'll give you an um, uh, update onto that fact. But as of right now, I think we're, it's going to, the mass is going to be optional. Vaccine cards, uh, we never really had looked for uh, um, asking people who went to the library for vaccine cards. Uh, it was just, it was just a mass mandate, but now it's lifted, so it's just optional at this point. 
All right, so keep an uh, eye on the websites of both the East Meadow Public Library and the MCON Facebook page, which is my next question and our final question, so we're almost out of time. Where can people find out more about the convention? What are the dates? What are the times? Where can people go? All right, good question, Mark. Good question. You throw out those bombs right now. All right, so, <laughs> <laughs> so Friday, Friday, April 1st is our April Fool's pre-party where we're going to have uh, the Gatula Negra, she's going to be performing an anime concert at that time, which will be at 7 p.m. starting. Uh, it's going to be from April 1st to the 3rd. So April 1st will be the first day of celebration weekend, which is going to be from, uh, I believe, at 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. We're going to have oodles and oodles of programs and panels. And um, also on Sunday, April 2nd, that's going to be from 1 p.m. till 5 p.m. All library hours is uh, included up to there. And uh, you can definitely find out more information at www.eastmeadow.info. Again, www.eastmeadow.info, I-N-F-O, like information. And you can also find more programming information in more detail on our Facebook page, uh, which is uh, Facebook slash forward slash E-M-C-O-N, M-C-O-N, E-M-P-L, East Middle Public Library, Anime Fest, A-N-I-M-E-F-E-S-T. And I'll repeat that again, Facebook, E-M-C-O-N, E-M-P-L-A-N, as in Nancy, I-M, as in Mary, E-F-E-S-T. And uh, we're going to be posting daily till the day of celebration of uh, programs that we offer or just scroll through our, um, our posts. You can see more information there or check out our event page on the Facebook page for further details for any type of signups for cosplay contests and a lot more that we're going to be offering. And you quickly mentioned that the uh, panels are going to be hybrid so the people will be able to see on the YouTube page. What's the YouTube page uh? Uh, the YouTube page is uh, is just YouTube East Middle Public Library, East Middle Public Library. Uh, if you if you want to, again, it's going to be on our website. The links will be on the website in our event calendar, and uh, I'll be posting the links the probably a day before the celebration, if not a little earlier, on our Facebook page as well. So you can uh, check out uh, the programs from uh, from panel to panel from there. All right, so we are out of time. So final thought there, Kelly. Come to MCON Anime Fest. Again, you know, it's been a long time. We've seen your faces come through, come with nice smiles. If you have to wear a mask, unfortunately, I won't see your smile, but come in dressed up, enjoy the, the, the free program that we're offering. It's going to be awesome. So come through. We've been doing this since 2011. What can go wrong? <laughs> 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 my final thought is this uh, thanks again for being a guest on our show um i will be there in person uh doing a panel with uh, michelle knotts and james catacart uh who did the voice of jesse and james in pokemon currently do the voice of jesse and james in pokemon so make sure you guys go check out that panel um make sure you guys go to the www.eastmetal.info for more information for this free convention for all ages come on down so with that we're gonna take our break and we'll be right back with the game from the radio the if you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com, 
check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.